0: Hey, what's going on everybody? Just another month here at Bad Anime Podcast. Except for it isn't, baby, cuz we got a whole month of Hideyuki Ano to get through. That's right. This month is Ano month. If you do not know Hideyuki Ano, he's the legendary creator of Neon Genesis Evangelion and all of the Evangelions to follow. And although Evangelion will be on the top of our list to tackle this month, the final week we have reserved for a separate show directed by Hideyuki Ano before Neon Genesis Evangelion and ain't that fun so happy auto month you kids in, enjoy the, the show or whatever it is the audio presentation something like that what is on shinji's hand
1: well like i like, like i said like if you guys wanted to understand if you guys wanted to understand Ava through this podcast don't go watch it come back we should have said that in the beginning
0: it's bad Hey everybody, my name is John, and I'm Rob, and this is Bad Anime, the podcast where we decide is, is this anime, anime bad? bad. But before, before you get worked <laughs> up, everybody, before you get really worked up, <sighs> just just for one second, just just listen to us one sec, okay, all right, all right. Today we're talking about Neon Genesis Evangelion. Right. It ain't bad. No. It ain't bad. We're breaking kayfabe. <laughs> we're breaking format. <laughs> we're charging in hot with we're, this one. We're telling you off the bat that it is not bad. Right. This, this episode is part of our Does It Hold Up? side series where, mm-hmm. we, where we take a critically acclaimed anime and talk about if it holds up to this day. Wow, you're, you're spilling all the tea right I'm now. I'm spilling the beans. I'm spilling the beans. That's what today, because I don't want anybody listening to this, <laughs> going into it, saying... These guys hate Ava, which is not correct. I I it's the opposite of true. I love it? Okay, oh, oh, there's a question mark there. <laughs> I think
1: um I think. I, again, I'm at the same time I'm glad we don't do video because I I always stare at cameras.
0: Uh but that um that was a look that says I don't know how I feel about this. I really don't. And I think that's part of the amazingness of this podcast because we're going to discover that today. Yes. Um about what our feelings on it overall were. Right. I, I have not had a chance to talk through it yet. Yes, we've um, just, uh,
1: again, since we're destroying the idea of kayfabe here, um, <laughs>
0: we've watched this probably a, a month and a half
1: ago, two months ago. Yes. So yes. it's been a while, and we've actively told ourselves, let's not talk about it, let's not talk about mm. it, let's not talk about it. Yes. I will say there was a great phone conversation we had. So I called you out of the blue. We had some plans for a fun little weekend trip I wanted to go over. And... Your tone when I picked up the phone was anything I, like, I've ever heard. You sounded tired but and defeated and almost high in a way. Or, or I was like, hey, Bouncy, what's up? And you're like, Rob, I'm sorry. You called it a really bad time. I'm about 10 minutes away from finishing Evangelion. I hung up.
0: You hung up immediately. And I knew... That you were a real friend <laughs> at that time. Because I, I, I had, I I clicked pause, right? I'm on episode 26 mm-hmm. of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, I clicked pause. I see the marker as nine minutes left in the episode. And you called, and I was like, hey, buddy. I'm on episode 26 of Evangelion. I got about 10 minutes left.
1: Yeah, so then I hung up. And then around 11 minutes later, you call me. And that's the only time we talked about mm-hmm. it. And I remember the entire time I told you, no details,
0: no details, no details. No, no, no. We, we did not go over any over any details. We really didn't get in-depth with anything. I gave some general immediate feelings on the ending and what I felt from the ending. There was
1: a lot of emotion suddenly pouring out of you. Yes. Um, it, it, the call was around 40 minutes, and I talked for maybe seven of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. and it was my first time seeing someone experience Ava like that. yeah, and I guess we should t- let's backtrack a little bit. Let's backtrack So yeah. that way I c- so we can talk about um how we decided to do this. yes. So like you Good said, idea. we're gonna we're gonna be doing this uh, like occasionally because you know even though this is bad anime, we have to look at some of the classics and see if they hold up because yeah. there's a ton of well-regarded shows that were produced you know anywhere from you know forty, 20 fifteen years ago. We want to look back at those and see, hey, are they, do they hold up? Are they still worth watching? Right. And, of course,
0: are they as good as people say they are? Exactly. Which is a big
1: question. That's a very big question. Um, So that was in the back of my head. But at the same time, Evangelion for me was one of the shows that's been on my radar for years. Mm-hmm. And I mean it literally probably around 10 years.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, because I don't know this. We haven't talked about it in depth, obviously. Right. But kind of... For you, Rob, take mm-hmm. me through what made you actually decide to watch Evangelion. Because the only reason I watched it was because you watched it. Yes, and you were like, "We gotta talk about this, right? You gotta watch it, exactly." And, and, and I didn't. And then even, I did. And, then and we, at and the time,
1: I wasn't sure if we were if we were even going to do it on the podcast, or not because I didn't know what in, in terms of, like the structure of the podcast. I know the show is called Bad Anime, but I want to talk to you about this even if it's not a podcast episode right, right we got to talk about it then we quickly realized okay we have to talk about this mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we want our voice and we want the world to know our opinions yes but to get to get back to your question it was around 2011 mm-hmm. the first time it came on my radar when i my first um, infatuation with this medium happened mm-hmm. because at the time as i've said before my introduction was a little weird to the anime world and when i first got in i was reading a lot of works of Gona guy devil man in particular and I was watching a lot of Gundam. Because, you know, I, I grew up on Power Rangers, giant robots. I'm like, I gotta give it a shot. Yeah, right. But anyway, those series, and also I should mention, I was very big into Japanese live action stuff. So a lot of Ultraman, a lot of Kamen Rider, a lot of Power Rangers slash Super Sentai. Apparently, there's a man by the name of Hideaki Anno, who also loved all those things. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that even though There's such an age gap between us. He made the show the year after I was born. We both grew up and spent our teenage years watching all the same media. Interesting. So I loved 70s Japanese anime and live action stuff. And then, so, and the reason I became aware of Ava, because I was reading about these shows I love Devilman, Gundam, uh, Ultraman, just name a few. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically every article and every Wikipedia post said, and all these shows later went on to influence Neon Genesis Evangelion. And I was like, "What is this? This was 2011. At the time, the Ava license was in kind of this weird limbo state. Mm-hmm. Where and I've never been tech savvy, and I've destroyed some computers going trying to go on torrent sites or sure. like the more or like the piracy sites. So I didn't really, I, I never really dabbled with it since like 2009, I want to say, mm-hmm. probably since I was 15 years old. Let's, let's just leave it there. Yeah. So around that time, so I'm like, "Wow, this show sounds cool, but I have no way to watch it." I was able to find the first couple episodes, excuse me, of the original a- ADV dub on DVD. Mm-hmm. In my big um, FYE splurge when they were closing, I was able to get the only the first Ooh. disc of Ava. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I still have it or not. I might. I have to check my um I have to check my my inventory, but I w- I watched the first episode, first couple episodes of Ava several years ago. Mm-hmm. And I first thought, "Okay, this seems like a kind of more artsy atmospheric take on the mecha genre and you know i have a love mechs I, I was very excited to see over where it went but you know that was only four or five episodes in
0: and then i had to wait several years later till it came out on netflix wow and then which you watched the first few episodes on dvd yes before you knew anything else that happened in the show Evan. yeah that is fascinating and then you waited about five to six years no it was more like seven or eight seven or eight no actually no it was actually more like 10 years 10 year on that episode on those episodes yeah, I rewatched that's, it, of course. That's pretty but, crazy.
1: But because um, all and all, it came out. I I heard vaguely about the ending. The only thing I knew about Ava uh-huh. is that it gets very artsy, and I'm like, that's interesting because the first couple episodes, y- you get some of hideous. We'll talk about Anno's directing style, and it's a little artsier than most, um, and by anime standards. I mean, yeah. But then it, it kind of fell on the back burner for me because I really fell out of anime for several. And I I didn't get back into anime until 2020, mm-hmm. and there was like 2016. I fell off. So it was a good four years. I wasn't watching anything, and then I I didn't even realize that Evangelion had come to Netflix. Mm-hmm. And for those watching, uh, for, for those listening, we will talk about this. We watched the recent Netflix dub. I have notes on the Netflix dub, and I'll get into those when we get to them. Yeah, not it's not super important to the story, but I finished Evangelion around 2021, uh, earlier this year, because I realized oh we're starting an anime podcast. I never actually got around to finishing Evangelion. I should do that because I loved everything else that came before it, and I got super back into Gundam. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, I'm in a mech mood right now. So let's, and I was watching some of the darker Gundams, because there are some very dark Gundams. So I'm like, oh, I should get, I should watch (laughs) Avangelion. And let's just say I wasn't ready to watch it, and I'm still not ready to talk about it.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, like, you say it, I'm in a mech mood, and just be like, I'm in a mech mood. For depression, uh, because see, boy, and, and that's great because I had no idea what the themes of the show were. Yeah, Z- literally zero. I can see you falling because I know you're a big mech guy. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a big mech guy. I just haven't really like connected with the medium that much previously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before this. Um, but I know that you're a big mech guy, right? And so when you enjoy mechs to that caliber, something like a show like Gellion must be attractive to you, right? Yes. It's like oh, I mean, it's mechs. But it's kind of with like a, a bit of a darker tone, as you were talking about, a bit more of like yes. an artistic tone. Yes. Towards this, uh, a lot of focusing on the characters rather than the battles. Right. Which is an interesting take on me- the mech genre. Well, no, actually, that's
1: well, it's it's hard to say because Ava has done has influenced the mech genre so much. Yes. So now, ever since '96, a lot of mechs are basically Ava. Mm-hmm. in a lot of well there's no, i shouldn't say that but there's a lot of clear influence now sure so that's why any any mech after 95 is really worth watching
0: yeah after. i watched the show recently actually called darling in the franks do you think that that <laughs> has any um any relation uh to avon Gellian? um yeah but um,
1: do you think that other it, th- it other than other than as a uh, other than they like to uh, borrow a, a few elements you know then maybe there's, a, there's some mo- there's some trace influence there i'd say oh uh, yeah maybe just a little bit just a just bit. a tad i'll st- it's okay i'll stop talking that's for another day we'll we'll <laughs> talk about more about uh that
0: whole yes oh god thing well, later but anyway
1: to back yes. back to the Continue. main mm-hmm.
0: sorry we went off on a big tangent that, that's okay we got time for tangents here <laughs> we we got time just sipping some some kirin ichiban's talking about not abisu not absu, which would disappoint masato sorry masato He's already oh. disappointed enough, you know. But anyway, so, I, like
1: I said, I wasn't ready for Ava. And when we started, because we recorded the first ep- two episodes of this podcast before I finished it. Mm-hmm. And for a 10-year stretch, my favorite anime of all time was this little 30-minute OV- OVA, Gakuin Toksori On. It's our first, it's episode zero. It's our introduction to the series. So if you're, you're a first-time listener, go back and watch it and you'll learn why that was my favorite. Mm-hmm. I still love that OVA. It's now my number two uh-huh. of all time. It, not only is Ava my favorite anime of all time, it's become one of my favorite media franchises, period. Wow. I, And we'll get into this in the next, I don't know how long we're going to talk about this today. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the themes here and a lot of the characters, a lot of their struggles, hit me in a very deep personal way. Because mm-hmm. I saw a lot of myself in two characters in particular, and the, there's two other characters just seeing them do things made me cry Mm -hmm. and i reacted more viscerally to this show than i do most media and people might laugh when i say this and it's fine if you want to laugh when i say it um the only thing that made me the only avenue of fiction that makes me react as strongly is professional wrestling Mm -hmm. because you know that's the ultimate blend of theater and reality yes because when you see these guys you know on the verge of killing each other it creates a lot of drama. And these are characters with goals and aspirations, and seeing that live in person, that that affected me more than any other. Really, I guess you could say media, a piece of media, or any medium of fiction. Until Ava, there are, there are shows that really hit me in sm- in ways, you know, mm-hmm. Devil Man, of course, you know, in its in various incarnations had a huge impact on me, but nothing, very few shows had the ability to draw this amount of emotion out of me that Ava has. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, I said. Hey, Bouncy, um, you might want to check out this little show on Netflix. It's called Neon Genesis Evangelion. And then there's a movie that you should watch, which we'll talk about. <sighs>
0: we'll save the movie for another day. Yes, we'll save the movie for another show. Um, but thank you for giving us the lowdown and like what your whole history yeah. behind it. Because, I, I mean, to kind of take that ball and run with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you told me, right? Okay, Bouncy, you might, you might want to check out this little thing called Neon Genesis Evangelion. Right. right. The first time I heard about Ava, it was actually me, you, I believe at our buddy Chris's place. Um, at his place in like Eastern Long Island, right? Yes. Um, we were all there. We were all there for a weekend to watch some, uh, some AEW, some All Elite Wrestling. Yep. And uh, we were hanging out and I remember somebody bringing up like crazy animes to watch and mm. just like just ridiculous animes like I, I think I think our, our buddy Sotak was there oh, oh god man <laughs> Michael oh, Sotak you hear this we love you oh boy he loves his he loves his odd bunch of animes but he, he he's a big contributor to a lot of my anime <laughs> library anyway but uh he we were all talking and uh Chris I I think Chris at one point said like yeah I mean it's no Ava though and then everyone was like, oh, yeah, it's fucking No Ava. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And I was like, what is this show? And I actually wrote a note down yeah. of the name. Oh, wow. Very poorly spelled in my phone. Um, and from there, I knew the name. Mm-hmm. I didn't exactly watch it. Right. I didn't know how accessible it was. It's on Netflix. Yeah. You can easily watch it. Yep. Not only is Evangelion on Netflix, the end of Evangelion is also on Netflix. The, yes, the movie. The, the movie coming right after it. Yeah. Um. So it's all there. And, of course, when you watched it, you were like – this anime kind of changed my life, and yep. I think we should watch it for the show. Mm. I was like, "Yeah, sure," and I'll tell you the exact weekend that I watched it. Because again, once again, this year for AEW All Out, right? You were at Chris's place with yes. a couple friends, and I stayed home. I stayed home because I've been very overworked at my job lately. Yes, you needed a time to some time to yourself. I just needed some some me time. Understandable. And in that entire Labor Day weekend, 2021, <laughs> I watched all of Evangelion. Right watched the entire series front to back Mm -hmm.
1: um oh actually uh, a big uh uh, asterisk there so i didn't want to cut you off but i should mention at this point you have not seen the rebuild movies i have not so that's gonna be a question that comes up Uh, he has not seen he has not seen rebuilds. i have
0: Yes. anyway i have just seen the series proper and end of avon right the movie right that that's all i've consumed um and that whole weekend turned out to be one of the wildest weekends I could, <laughs> I could have had, even though I didn't leave my house. Right. And um, I should mention that that call we mentioned
1: earlier. I called you, I believe, was that the Monday or the Tuesday? It of, was
0: like, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, sometime like that. Yeah, like I so, finished it near the end. I think I didn't I, finish the whole thing that particular weekend. Yes, you got through most of it. I think I left uh, the episodes 25 I, and 26 for another day. I think you left 24, 25, and 26, yes. if I remember. Yes, I watched all three last ones. And I was um, like, oh boy. Boy, He's gonna meet Kauru, and then he's the ending's coming. Boy, uh, and and holy shit, did I uh, <laughs> meet <laughs> Kauru. Um, <sighs> but from there, I think now that we've kind of talked about why we both watched it, why we both want to talk about it today, and what we need to say, um, about the origins of us watching, A-Bot yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I think it's now time to get into a bit of the meat of this show. You're not ready, are you? Now that I'm not fucking ready at <laughs> all, Rob. Uh, I'm really, really not. Uh, there, there's a lot about this show that I need to talk about. I have extensive notes. Um, Holy shit, that's a book. I don't even know where to start. Look at this. Yeah, I g- g- uh,
1: for for the for the listeners, because um, um, me and Bouncer are both millennials, we take notes exclusively on our phone and um his entire notes screen is filled up with <laughs> notes and and he's scrolling and there's still more most of them say toji
0: um okay <laughs> okay <laughs> really No, but before we get there before we get there okay first, sure yeah, yeah i'll wait First thing i want to know first thing i want to know sure how did you feel right when the series ended um can you remember how you felt at that moment? oh totally i was pissed yeah. off that i had to go to bed because um I got home
1: from my night job and I finished it around six o'clock in the morning. I think I had the last two episodes to go, and I was pissed because I wanted to watch the end of Ava immediately. But then I had to wake up for other reasons. Then I I'd watch it later that day. But um I love the original ending. Mm-hmm. I know it's divisive, but um my initial interpretations I found it very uplifting. Mm-hmm. Um once because uh let's just say the series takes a it starts out as a as your fun. There's a fun mech romp in the beginning, but sure. with a darker edge. It, it starts off like that, but then there's an escalation, and we and it's about the struggles of a few of our main characters, yeah. And in our in particular, our hero Shinji Ikari, right? 14 years old. He's forced into this terrible situation. You learned how broken he is as a kid, and as the series goes on, this child is broken. Yes. And and we'll get into this more, but I related heavily to him. Because not because I'm that way now. Mm-hmm. If anything, I'm a lot like Misato currently. But at various points in my development, in my years in
0: development, I-, I exhibited a lot of the same characteristics as Shinji. And you use the term hero. Yeah. Which I think should be approached very loosely with Shinji and <laughs> Akari. Our protagonist. Not in not in like a bad way. No, I know what you mean. Not in a bad way. All right. But in just a way that it, it, it's I'm glad you use that term. Mm. Because Shinji is such an interesting character because right. he's not the hero of the day no right y- y- i feel like you see a lot of animes where the main character is like your goku your naruto your kind of big mm-hmm. presence yeah shinji is the exact opposite of that right. shinji does not want to get in that fucking robot no shinji does not want to save the day no Shinji wants to live his life wants to be just he, away from any pressures of and society. that's the big
1: theme here and th- i that's the theme that really got me with shinji is because i had a lot of that in my devel- devel- developmental years i was afraid to face the world for yes. lack of a better term you know and i just you know didn't understand the world around me i was deaf for the first two years of my life mm-hmm. so and you know i'm, I'm kind of on the, i there's disagreements whether or not i'm on the autism spectrum or not mm-hmm. um, from various uh, doctors that i've seen over the years but um in the beginning in my developmental years i just I had no grasp of the whole the world around me because like I had these terrible ear infections mm. when I was younger, so I would just constantly not be able to hear things. So I developed incredible OCD just to cope with that. Wow. And so I had my own way of dealing with things and avoiding stress and pressures. And Shinji just wants to be left alone. He he's been hurt so many times that he just wants to skate through life and not feel any more pain. Yes. That's fucking powerful because he's our in exactly like you said. That's his goal. And right. other a lot of other protagonists of not even just anime just fiction want to be the hero of the day right want to save the damsel in distress want to swing through the trees with their sword shinji doesn't want to do anything no and the th- he spends a lot of the show asking himself yes what he wants to do what do i he want he doesn't know what he wants and anything but he's a kid so that makes sense yes
0: I, at 14 i have no fucking idea what i want and that is a very real approach to creating a character yes it's so different again from a lot of other series from a lot of other modes of fiction right where your hero or your protagonist is somebody that has a goal in mind right yeah Naruto wants to become Hokage. Yeah. Goku wants to become the strongest in the world. Right. Um, Asta from Black Clover wants to become the wizard king. You know, you got your you got your goals. Yeah. And you're set for those goals. Shinji is kind of slapped onto your lap yes. at the beginning of the series yeah. without any goals or Yeah. without any sense of purpose for yeah. himself. Yes. Other people, though, see purpose in him. Yes. Which is the most interesting part because yes. he is a very integral part to how the series moves. Exactly. But. There is something I had to grapple with throughout the entire series. Go ahead. Which is, do I like Shinji? Okay. And I'm not sure if I did. Okay. I'm not sure if I didn't. Okay. At the end of the day, I'm inconclusive on that. Okay, wow. I'm not sure if I liked him or hated him. Okay. Which I think makes him a great character. There you go. Because I genuinely can't tell you if I enjoyed Shinji as a character or wanted him to go away. He did not have go-away heat, I'll tell you that He did not have go-away heat. You did not want him to run away. I just didn't want him (laughs) to run away. Uh, But the thing is, (laughs) he talks about fucking, he talks about running away the entire series. And he's like... He does it a few times. He does it a lot. Yep. And there are characters around him that we will talk about that get him to not do that. And I think his relationship with Masato is one of the most confusing things. Out of the entire fucking series. Because I'm sitting here. Misato. Okay. So the first. I'll give you. I'll, I'll say this. Baseline. The first 10 episodes of the show. Mm. Eh. Didn't love it. Here's the thing. The last 16. Yeah. yeah. I fucked with it. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. The first 10 episodes to 12 episodes. Mm. Are a consistent back and forth with Shinji Misato. Yes. It's all about. Okay. Another angel attack guys. Yeah. We got to send Shinji. And Shinji's like. I don't wanna, yeah. and everybody's like, you gotta. Yep. And Masato's like, you yep. gotta. And then there are a couple instances where Shinji decides to leave and decides mm. to not pilot the Eva anymore. Right. Even though that's the only thing that makes his father proud of him as he continuously puts through his own head. Right. But then Masato is this block, this person that stands between him, Shinji, and his true realization of what his purpose is mm. by conditionally getting him to continue pilot piloting this eva to a point where you're thinking does masato actually care about shinji or does she just want him to pilot this eva in any way she well can no you see
1: there's because there's a couple great scenes here you'd have to remember this where there's a point where wow we're just we're just throwing our emotions out there this is very eva of us. we're getting into it <laughs> yeah. okay so here's the thing if we're talking about the dynamic between a to, between masato and shinji i adore it because it, it is challenged there is it is not clear what their dynamic it's is. It's very unclear. Shinji has no idea how he feels about Masato. No, he lusts after her a few times, but he's he's also terrified of her. Mm-hmm. Masato sees a lot of herself in Shinji, as you as you learn later on. In the beginning, it gets hinted at that hey, Masato feels something like you know, she doesn't know how she feels about Shinji either. I mean, she does offer, and when the series begins, she realizes, wait, you're living, you've been living by yourself for a very long time. That sounds terrible. Come live with me. Yeah. And, you know, all the hilarious hijinks ensue. I get what you're saying about the first 10 episodes because it's a different show. However, when you watch the whole series back like I did, mm-hmm. there's a lot of seeds planted in those first 10 episodes that really pay off by the end, especially in the Shinji-Masato uh, dynamic. But anyway, there's a great – there. I really believe Masato does care about Shinji quite a bit, mm. but there's a lot of frustration there. There's the one scene – I forget how far it is into the series. It might be – I think it might be before the first 10 episodes, maybe after it, where Masato's like, if you don't want to pilot the thing, fucking go. Where yes. she's mad. But they, here's what we don't know. Is she mad at Shinji? Or is she mad at herself for for failing this child? Mm. That's my question. Because she's like, I can't convince you to pilot. You know, she puts on that she's very mad at Shinji. But you could tell she really does care about him. There are some moments that really make it clear, like, hey, she, ha- she feels something for this kid. And we later learn, at least my interpretation, is because she sees a lot of herself in Shinji. Mm-hmm. She's also afraid to get too close to people. Right. As we explore with the relationship with my boy Kaji.
0: Oh, Kaji. Yeah. Um. Yes. I, I under- so, yeah. I under- a lot, I, lot of
1: I, raw emotion, folks. So, I hope you like people just viscerally reacting to Ava because you're going to settle, settle in because we haven't even gotten to Ray yet. Or Asuka. Or Toji. All right. Okay,
0: so uh, when do, when, can, when can we get, oh, Gen, okay, Shinji's father, Gendo. I mean, since we started talking about Shinji, yeah. I think it's important that we talk about kind of all the circumstances surrounding right. our main character. And Misato was one of them. And I, I get what you're saying about like her caring for Shinji as yeah. well. And maybe once I rewatch it, I'll kind of get more of that. Mm. First watch, it came across to me as like she could care about him. Right. But at the end of the day, she has a job to do. Right. And she is kind of like this surrogate mother, mother yes, slash much. boss. Very much so. Of Shinji, which is such a weird dynamic. Which is so cool. Though, um, it's very strange because she has to connect with him on a personal level. Mm-hmm. She has to get him to pilot this Ava. Mm-hmm. And she has to get him to not leave mm-hmm. and not yeah. leave the operation, which is a, a big question I had at the end of it. And this will kind of bring Gendo in for a second. Yes. Why can't Shinji leave? Because couldn't Gendo, at the end of the day, just get a dummy plug for that Ava? That's the thing, One? He, he could leave. And
1: G- Gendo, Shinji's father, is more than okay with him leaving. Mm-hmm. Because, he, uh, we know, of course, we'll, we'll save End of Ava, but throughout the series, we're led to believe that Gendo, outright, doesn't like his son. Yeah. Just has no feelings towards his kid. And he's, you know... He's kind of a bastard. Let's just go, let's just say that. Yeah, this. I mean he's kind of shitty. But but <laughs> anyway, again though, he yes, he developed these Evangelions, these giant robots and to fight the angels, the um the um the vague um species of aliens and other like uh, creatures that are, you know, destroying the earth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: After the third impact, sorry, the second impact, which was this big catastrophe and now we've angels running around everywhere. It's like what the fuck is going on? Right, right. But you know, classic classic setup for the monster of the week mm-hmm. scenario. Yeah. So it's amazing that, you know, Gendo, he would love to push Shinji out. In my opinion, it felt like he just didn't want the kid there. Yeah. But he realized, okay, I might have to have him here. But then once he got the dummy plug system, like, uh, ready to go, and there was a great battle with um the Ava that, you know, that got infested by the angel mm-hmm. that Toji was in. Yeah. We'll talk about Toji. My boy Toji. I'm fucking Toji. Really? Toji. Anyway. So he had the system ready to go. Masato was the only one who wanted him there. And I be, in my opinion, I feel like Masato wanted Shinji there for himself because I feel like she wanted Shinji to grow in ways she felt like she couldn't. She and
0: a lot of it was tough love. Yeah. I'm Oh yes, one hundred percent.
1: So, it, but it was it was so weird because it, she has to balance her responsibilities as a, as a weird surrogate mother and a
0: woman tasked with keeping humanity safe, which is kind of. Uh... Part of a, this larger theme in the show. And since we talked about Gendo, I think we could talk about uh, talk about this as well mm. um, with, with someone like Yui. Um, it's a lot of mom stuff going on in this show. Oh, yeah. Totally. Tons of mom stuff. Tons of paternal. Like, um, it's motherly and paternal stuff. It's Just a lot like, of parent stuff. Parent stuff, but specifically mom specifically stuff. Moms, I'll, I'll totally. tell you why. I mean, we got, of course, Ritsuko... Uh, no, sorry, uh, uh, Misato as a surrogate mother. Yeah. We got Ritsuko and her surrogate mother, which is a fucking computer, the Magi. Well, uh, um, well yeah, we'll get into that one. Yeah, we'll, well get into that. That was that her mother. Because, yes, it was her mother. Um, we got also, of course, um, the Avas themselves, mm-hmm. which, as we kind of learn, mm-hmm. are the souls. integrated with the souls of the people that ride them, their yeah. mothers. Yep. Um, Which immediately once i heard that i was like oh so they're in a womb yep and it's basically a fucking womb yeah it fills exactly. up with the lcl yeah, the yeah, yeah, fluid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in the womb of this robot yes that is basically a reincarnation of the soul of their mothers right a lot of mom shit going a lot on. of mom shit going on a lot, lot of, of freudian shit. stuff and I mean. then of course it brings me to my one of my biggest questions of this series who is yui <laughs> who is yui I know one of you fucks yeah. is Yui. I know—is she in unit one? Is she the robot? Is she Ray? Gendo, what did you do with your wife? <laughs> Lord, what did you do,
1: Gendo? Lord. What did
0: you do? What did you do? You're Gendo. about to destroy the world so you can be reunited with your wife. So I, I think that that really came across to me as one of the biggest themes. Just all like the, the motherly stuff, like motherly stuff, of course. Like uh, you, as you mentioned, like a lot of like idea of parents' influence on children. Yes, and a lot of idea of parental scarring of their children we haven't even gotten to asuka yet we'll get to her later. we have not even gotten to that yet but um but there was just a huge through line of just maternal energy throughout the show and yeah. just like of course with with shinji being surrounded by three women the entire show and those are the people that are closest to him right in rei asuka and misato yeah that also brings a weird dynamic because there's a whole lot of Oedipus complex stuff going. A lot on of Oedipus stuff. A lot of
1: Oedipus stuff. Oh yeah. And Shinji, he's a he's a 14 year old boy. He's developing, and if, and at times he finds himself lusting after all three of them. You know, one of them is a surrogate mother, um, Ray, who is um our blue haired waifu, one of the one of the original waifus, if you say. Because yes. there's a lot of evidence to say her and Asuka started the big waifu culture boom. Interesting. Yes, but um, Ray has some. Um, we don't know because she does look a lot like Yui. But then again, does Shinji even remember what his mom looks like because she died when Shinji was very young? So we don't know anything going on there. Maybe Shinji doesn't know how he feels towards her. That's the thing because mm. Shinji is trying to grapple his own human emotions while developing the feelings of lust, while you know, basically going through puberty and all that. So he's an emotional wreck already. Yeah. You know, in ways, Asuka, you know, so we have Asuka, who another Ava pilot. Um, at one point, she actually moves in with Masato and Shinji, and you know, so I guess you could say almost a surrogate sister thing going on there for a little bit. Shinji is very down to clown around with her, as we learn. Yeah. So, oh uh, boy, uh, it's just a lot of weird stuff going on. Yeah, definitely a lot of Oedipus stuff. But it, it, I mean, it's it's in a way, I guess I understood it because imagine being thrown into the situation, you're a developing boy, and then especially when you have like the grown woman who, who walks around with very little clothing just in your home who is usually drunk. Yeah. I mean, a yeah. lot going on. I mean, if I
0: was Shinji, I wouldn't know what to do in that situation at all. I'd be terrified. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of brings me to a, another point about this show, mm. is that sex is always, like, a weird fucking thing in this show. It's never, like, normal. It's never cut and dry. It's mm. never considered something that is just, like, a... a between two people that love each other, there's always some kind of connotation to sex in the show. It's never just let it lie. Yeah. It's never just like a like, oh, they had sex. That's great. That's even ne- when Misato and Kaji, yeah, you know, have sex in this show. It's yeah. it's not, it comes with a lot of connotations. It comes a lot even of connotations. Even when when I mean, cause Shinji's obviously going through a lot when yeah. he's like having these dreams. Yeah. Like picturing himself having sex with like a Misato or a Rei mm-hmm. or a, an Asuka, which I mean is a whole debate as well. Yeah. Um, as we know. But it's just sex and Gendo, of course. With, as we know, as we find out, Ritsuko's mother, and it, it, supplementarily, Ritsuko herself. Yeah. Um. Which Gendo, you dog. Uh. uh but uh, yeah, I will
1: say, I I will say, um. During that phone call we mentioned, the only detail you Gate were willing to give because it wasn't too important, you went off it's like fucking Gendo, man. He fucked generations. <laughs> this guy is an animal, and I'm in my car crying to myself. <laughs> like I, I, it's not that important so i'm gonna bring it up now fucking gendo man and in my head that's why i brought it oh. up earlier i'm like yeah gendo's
0: kind of a bastard he's kind of a bastard he has sex with a mom and then she dies yep and then he has sex with her daughter to manipulate both of them not even because he likes them <laughs> just to see his wife again yep wow gendo fucking crazy man and there is like the one scene we had to bring it up because
1: the ray in this show that we know originally she's the second clone yes the first ray clone was uh killed by ritsuko's mom because you know and it's implied like we're we're still unclear but you know there's some element of yui with these clones and one of the you know the first ray started calling ritsuko's mom an old hag and just started berating her and she wasn't too thrilled because she immediately realized, hey, you look a little bit like Yui, and now this is weird for me. You know, because now my current yeah. lover is like, is he trying to resurrect his wife? She kept insulting her, like the, the clone, sorry, kept insulting Risco's mother. And she just choked her to death. Yep. And then she killed herself. Yes. And the Magi was born. And then we got the Magi! <laughs> because not only can we put the souls into robots, we put the souls in
0: computers. Like, man. ah, oh, geez. And... Ray as a character, okay. Here's the thing. Okay, I'm gonna say this about Ray. Yes, real quick. continue, please. This, this, a, this is a very important note. Um,
1: almost everybody in the main cast in this show is a broken character. Yeah. That doesn't really apply to Ray because she would have to be whole to begin with, right? Because as we mentioned, she is a clone. We learn later on. There's a great scene where we see all the tub of potential Ray clones, and Ritsko destroys them in a rage because, as we learned, Gendo's fucking her too.
0: Fucking Gendo,
1: man! Fucking Gendo, and so she's pissed off. It's like you know, you used me, so I'm going you know, she just destroys all the other Ray clones. Um, the, the this because uh, Rey goes through, like I said, three iterations. The one that's choked as a little kid, so we don't get to know anything about them, and then well, by the time the series starts, we're on the second Ray. Yes. Um, Ray is conscious of the fact she's a clone, and it, it, kind of a parallel, cool parallel to Shinji here she's just going about her life doing what she's told yep. because she's like this is my only purpose I like to read sometimes sure right she doesn't engage a lot with people she's often you know she's often absent from school her meals are entirely pill form you know she doesn't really have a purpose in life except she knows she's only there to get in Ava unit zero and just fight the angels yeah so but as the show goes on, she starts feeling a lot of affection towards Shinji because Shinji is very affectionate towards her. In the first episode, he pilots the Eva just so Ray doesn't have to. Right. And there's a lot of emotion there, and we still don't know. Like, is is does Shinji have, does she is is his, is his are his feelings romantic in nature or are they familial?
0: Mm-hmm. Because he, like it is at the end of the day, kind of a pseudo copy of his own mom. With, exactly. With, with killer blue hair. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Wild blue hair. And red eyes, but uh, I mean, uh, even from the beginning of the show, I'll I'll tell you this. um, So uh, at the Netflix version, Mm -hmm. when you finish the show, um, no matter, you know, in in the first 10 or 15, 10 to 12 episodes, the endings weren't necessarily the worst, right? The endings weren't necessarily leaving you on some like, oh, this is fucked up kind of note until later in the show. And every ending, every credit scene was like the image of Ray naked. Kind of dancing on water and yeah. kind of in her reflection of water in the yeah. nighttime with the yeah. moonlight sky and with her theme. Um, in the Netflix version, yes, a big thing. Yes, here. and that's specific to the Netflix version. Is her theme at the end of the end credits, right? Oh, did you already look this up? I looked it up. Thank God. But um, I, I love being not the only dorky factor. <laughs> But yeah, no, I I looked it up and that, that is only specific to the Netflix version because it's got like the piano, like, ding ding ding. I din, love race theme. It's beautiful. But they just me at the end of every episode, even if it was happy, even if like Pen Pen was doing some dumb shit, at the end of the episode, it just goes to that yeah. and that song. And I was like, why do I feel like so much bad stuff is going to happen? I. I don't feel good. That, I do not feel that's good also, about this. That's why I love Ray's theme. I was listening.
1: To, I've been listening to the soundtrack over the past week when I knew we were finally going to record today. Um, Ray's theme is it's like Ray herself. It's ethereal. It's it's so delicate that it's almost too pure for this world. And it's but there's a great, great haunting twist to it. it. Yeah, gets a little because there's some dissonance in there with the strings and the piano and. It gets very dissonant at some points. Like it's it's
0: elegant but horrifying. And Ray, as a character, I was not surprised to find yep. out that she was like some sort of clone or yeah, something. Yeah, it became it became more evidence because show yeah, it became pretty because obvious. She that she had like s- she had no emotion. Or, something's going or on. concept of emotion, right? Except a very a strong fondness for Gendo, right? Because that's her creator. Exactly. Yeah. Like something's going on there, of course, and uh, of course. Uh, she could be just, like, hit with some Yui stuff. Like, I don't know what's going on in there. That's the
1: thing. Is there Yui juice going on? It,
0: like, it could be the, some Yui juice. <laughs> or it could be just that orange punch we all know as LCL. Um, <laughs> it could, could oh, be some of that. Oh, the goo. The great orange oh, goo, LCL. Yeah, delicious. D- amazing. Tasty. But, yeah, with Ray, um
1: Ray resonated with me more and more as the show went on. Just the idea of someone desperately trying to understand their emotions. Yeah. I mean, that strikes a chord with me. On a personal level, and I will say, the first time I screamed during this show, it's later on in the series. I forget what angel they're fighting, and I and I'll talk, bring back to the the first couple episodes in a minute because there's a very interesting note I have about how the first couple episodes handle the fight scenes. Anyway, Ray basically suicide bombs. Yes, Shinji. I remember, I remember Shinji going like, "What are you doing?" Or someone says like, "What the fuck is she doing?" And she just utters a line that hit me. Where she's like I can where she said and I'm paraphrasing but, but I believe the line was in the dub at least was I can be replaced I've never I haven't done this for a lot of media never when I'm by myself but the first time I just screamed no I I audibly yelled I was home alone I wasn't reacting for a camera it was just raw and guttural when she suicide bombed herself yeah and it took me uh, it took me back where I'm like oh my god I just did that yes and so that hit me hard then I realized wow this show this is before the ending this show was already pulling a lot of emotion
0: out of me and you think that of course like you know at the time like when I was watching for example like yeah. you know I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about all right raise there's something going on there like she's right. like there's something funky either a clone or an android or like she's brainwashed nah. or whatever but I was like there's something funky going on here but when she said that line like I can be replaced yeah. I was like wow and then it got me thinking cuz later in the series you find out that she meant that literally. Yes. Like she is able to be replaced yep. by Ray. Yep. And 3. And there's a yeah, Ray three. 3 comes out. Yes. Which is a thing, of course. Yep. And my the most interesting part to me about Ray is that even in the last two episodes, right? Mm-hmm. When you have which I I, I need to just gush about a lot go- I think I want to talk that. about Asuka and then we can gush about that stuff yeah, yeah yeah but uh you haven't even gotten to Toji yet oh my god fucking Toji my boy <laughs> uh but in the last boy. two episodes um when you have human instrumentality happening right yeah everybody's going through stuff yeah Rey is present yeah which is weird to me mm. kind of in hindsight because yeah. I'm thinking like all right she's a clone she has one purpose she has one thing she's the third iteration of herself why is her personality part of this yeah why is her personality something that we have to contend about or yep. why is it kind of thrown in there with an Asuka who's faced so much trauma a yep. Shinji who's faced so much right. trauma a, a Misato yeah. who has also faced a lot of trauma why is Ray there because as Ray 3 she must retain some memories of yep. past rays exactly. possibly yep. and those kind of empty body rays are new rays but that kind of got me thinking that Gendo is using the same Mind. Yep. For all of these rays, that was my interpretation. Erasing some of the memories, but I mean, you can't. I yeah. probably some of it gets erased in transition. But but I think I think it's the, probably some of that. We, I think they retain
1: more than he means. Yes. Because you know there are some points where Ray is confused, like uh, when Ray Three is awakened. She's, I think it was Shinji who was very happy to see her in the hospital bed, and he's saying all this stuff, and and, and Ray Three offhandedly says like, "Oh, that must be the memories of the previous one." Yeah. And so and and, and when instrumentality occurs. uh, my thought was maybe that she's suddenly getting this flood of memories from them all the from our two past selves i would love to hear the conversation with the first one where it's like oh you were strangled to death what happened there right and then she killed herself okay cool well all right then yeah gendo you dog gendo you fucking dog i i I don't know what to say else i'll say about gendo especially when we get to the end of eva i I have thoughts
0: but let's let's take this time to right now I, i mean we talked about shinji yeah Talked about Misato. Talked about Rey. Talked about Gendo. Let's talk about Asuka. Oh, boy, yes. Let's, let's give a chat about Asuka. I, sure. I think that is... There's a core four in the show for sure. Right. I mean, we'll talk about the side characters too because as comparatively to a lot of other shows, I think the side characters are very important in the show. Oh, totally. Uh, to a degree. But oh, totally. These four are the main ones that we stick with the entire way through, right? right. I mean, we pick up Asuka a little later. Episode eight. Um, but... I think Oscar has some of the most impactful stuff in the show. Oh, totally, Oscar! Yeah. As- uh, um,
1: what she, which I love. This is what I love about Oscar, because in the beginning, you think, okay, she's a bitch, but we're gonna learn why, and it's gonna be kind of, you know, maybe a little sad, like, but ha. like, all right, and then you get. Oh into- boy, it is way more than sad. Let me tell you, <laughs> it is. It is. It's de- well, calling it depressing is an understatement. I mean, it is. It is. Some of the saddest I felt for a character. Be just. So we learned about Asuka. There's, I lo- by the way, in the early episodes, I gotta say, I loved the banter between Shinji and Asuka. Yes. If I remember, I, I'm bad with the episode numbers. I just had episode 8 for Asuka's debut, but I'm not certain about that. It could have been 7, I don't know. But I believe that episode 9 was the one where Asuka and Shinji had to like really improve their coordination as a team. Mm-hmm. And so they played the rhythm games because they realized they had. So- yeah. Oh a-
0: my god! They played like Twister and yes. stuff. The electronic like <laughs> Twister,
1: because and that's why. And I get this. This is actually a great chance for me to talk about Ava as a mech, because in the early episodes, especially we're watching it back again, it's a very good mech for one particular reason. There's logic and strategy, and it's a very militaristic approach. And for my neck, my mech nerds out there, I love the Avas in general because we learn. We, a, we learn they have human souls in them. Mm-hmm. And we learn they're basically angels that have been possessed. Right. Um, and that explains a lot. Because these robots move in a very human way. In my... If I had to guess, especially with the time limit, once the cord gets cut, there's a five-minute time limit.
0: Yes, right.
1: That, combined with the humanoid movements, I that's where we see a lot of the Ultraman influence. Mm-hmm. There's fan films of Hidiakiano being Ultraman that he made in college. <laughs> so... I believe the action and especially just the way the Ava's move and run and the fact they're using very human weapons. I would love to say, and I'm going to say with full confidence, that's the nice little Ultraman influence coming in. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing with my thing with Mech. I love it when, because Mech has two different phylums of what we call the real robot and super robot genres. Super robots, as the name implies, they're basically the superheroes who just, you know, the answer is scream louder and then punch harder. Not that interesting stuff, Mm because then it becomes an episode of Dragon Ball. Right. I love the more militaristic mechs when they realize, okay, we can't attack this thing head-on, or we have to use close quarters combat, we have this amount of time. In those early episodes of Evangelion, there is a lot of emphasis on the strategy of how to attack
0: the angels. Yes. Which, as a mech guy, I loved. And a lot of that comes from Misato. Yes, uh, Masato is a driving force behind a lot of their strategies. She's a, she's, she's a strategist,
1: and she, and that's why I got so much respect for uh, Masato earlier on. She takes the role of the commander in that you see in some Gundam series, for example. Uh, even there's like the, that's where the militaristic aspect for me comes in, is from the more Gundam side of things, mm-hmm. where like you see like okay, we have to think harder because the early episodes of the Gundam were very much there's one Gundam and then a ton of Zeon forces. How, what the fuck do we do? Right. And that's where I feel the Gun of Influence comes in. Um, and I loved it because we're watching it back and I'm just like, wow. This is just a very good mech. And of course there's so much other stuff to talk about the series but I had to give props to the fact that it, it, at the bedrock of Ava is a damn solid mech anime. Yes, Probably my, well, it's my favorite anime of all time, obviously. But in terms of mech, I think one of the best in terms of just like, hey, just applying logic to the situation. And, you know, like I said, the cord getting pulled out and the battery life, that's straight from Ultraman because Ultraman, right. Ultraman had the three-minute timer. Right. You know, not saying it's a bad thing. You take influence from what you love. So I really like that. And But then they introduced the, the Berserk mode in episode two and they don't bring it back for more than 10 episodes later. They really don't. And that's they, what I love. They wait on that. They really wait on that. And now that creates... The, it's, it's just long enough where you can forget about it. Yeah. That that's a function of yep. the Ava's. And I... Re- so huge props to Ava for being just a damn solid mech. And... Speaking of Mech, speaking of all this, like these attributes, Asuka prides herself entirely on
0: being a damn good Ava pilot. Yes, yes, which is so interesting considering the other people, the other Ava pilots that she's around. Yeah, because they don't want to. Rey, they want to be there. Ray's only be there. Ray is there because she has to be there, right? Or because that's all she knows, right? right. And Shinji doesn't want to even pilot the thing. So he just wants a, his weird, he just wants his dad to say hi to him. Yes, he does because oh my god, there's so many episodes in like the beginning around that time when Shinji's like, "Does dad approve of me? Does fa- when father when father likes what I do? Did father like that I did that?" I'm like, "All right, Shinji, just shut up a little bit." Oh, well, um, but then but then then the got, same in the same breath Shinji be like, "I hate you, father. You made me almost yes. kill Toji." Yes. Oh, well, we'll talk about that too. But ah. uh but for Asuka's sake, it's so interesting the way that Asuka... oh yeah, get another beer. Don't worry about me.
1: Yeah, I hear some rumbling. Oh, I'm just want-
0: going off. I'm just going off on this. You need another beer. Um, yes, I do. Thank you. Um, but I, I think it's so interesting to have that dichotomy between Asuka and Shinji because Asuka's like, it, it's like Asuka's winning a race that Shinji done, doesn't even want to be in, that Shinji hasn't even ran in. So it, it's like Asuka's like, I can do this, I can do that, I can do this, I can do that, and Shinji's over here like. I don't want to be here. Right, <laughs> like, I'm not even in this race. And
1: that brings up the core difference between the characters, and because a lot of ways they're parallels, and there's some, and there's some ways they're complete opposites, which I really, really yes. love. Um, there's also a, a a thing with the parents going on, where Asuka, she, originally she just wanted to. She was essentially, I mean, it, it, it might. Be, uh, I'm just gonna jump right into it. She was trying to break her mother's psychosis, where because yeah. we learned about Asuka's mother after. All these episodes of Asuka being a total bitch and, like, trying to prove she's an adult. There's a very um, uh, kind of uh, it's a powerful scene with, uh-huh. her, uh, with her and Kaji where she's basically a Kaji, you know, the we, who we learn. Um, he might be a double agent. He's working for NERV, you know, like the organization that Gendo and Masato and Ritsuko are all yes. part of to, like, stop the Angels. He might be a double agent for them. He might be a double agent working for the Japanese Defense Force and Sele, the bigger governing body oh, that God, that, Sele. We haven't even talked about Sele yet. Well, like, oh, I, like, like I said, God. like if you guys wanted to understand if you guys wanted to understand Ava through this podcast, don't go watch it to come back. Yeah, we should have said that in the beginning. <laughs> but anyway, so Kaji, our boy, he was stationed over in Germany and he was he was Misato's former lover. Um he's very interesting. He's he's more of a plot device than a character in some ways, but he's yeah. but he is a solid enough character. He, but he his job is to move the plot along. In like just by the other characters reacting to him. Not really much of yes. his own action.
0: It's 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 to get the characters around him to think. Exactly. And it's to get characters around him to act. And because so, Misato does just that yes, when yes. she has conversations with, with uh with Kaji, also Shinji. And Shinji. A little bit from there's there's a great scene we'll get to in a minute. But to bring it back to why I bring him up in the case of
1: Asuka. Uh-huh. Because Asuka's is German. Kaji was stationed in Germany with like the um Ava project going on there. There's this very interesting scene. Powerful is a word or uncomfortable is another where Asuka basically tells Ka- Kaji, um, have sex with me. I'm an adult. And Kaji's like, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, really? No, no sorry. No, Just no, no, a no. whole lot of no there oh, girl. Boy. Oh yeah. No. And, and that gets back to Asuka's, you know, desire to prove herself because it's all rooted in that because we learn, um, Asuka's mother goes kind of insane. Yes, She's in the mental hospital. She's playing with his doll, thinking it's her child. Her child. So that's fucked up in and of itself. Yeah. And there's, and apparently during her time in the hospital, Asuka's father starts running around. He's like, well, my wife's crazy. I'm gonna go find someone else. The mother doesn't take this well. And we don't, and again, this gets into the atmospheric side of Ava. We don't see a lot of this. like. Yeah. It cuts to the dolls swinging or just like some still yeah. images. And there's a lot of monologues where it's basically Asuka begging her mother not to kill the both of them. Yes. Because in her state, I think there's some weird... You know, she's insane at this point. And Asuka presumably is there to visit her mother. And, she, and so Asuka's mom thinks, hey, this would be a great time for us to both die. And... The poor the child's horrified because her mother is about to kill her. Yeah. And we don't know how it's resolved, but she gets away, but she still loves her mother with all her heart. And when she gets selected to be an Ava pilot, the first thing she does is runs to her fucking mother to tell her. So she thinks, Mom will be so proud of me, it's gonna help. When she gets there, her mother's just hanging out. Oh okay, God. I apologize a million oh. times for that pun. Oh i know that was brutal Woo. i know that was bad but no oh god
0: no no she is
1: but uh, yeah but, she, that, but that's that, that's the thing though yeah she, she, she oscar to told her to hang in there she
0: took it way too oh far. Like, god oh, uh, no. oh no but no there's a the reason why i make this joke and we'll get oh, to it when we god. get to the end of Ava. um no, but, I'll, I'll tell you what oscar she can't hang but her mom <laughs> welcome to the party
1: our seats in hell are reserved (laughs) we don't even have to pay for parking but yeah it's it's, but like the whole back to my whole point yeah after that day she says fuck it i'm not doing anything for anyone else i'm only living for myself and i'm gonna validate myself yes that's where a lot of her desire to be a great ava pilot comes from that's apparently her desire to fuck kaji and that kind of goes over to shinji a little bit because i think it was episode 15 where Asuka and Shinji are hanging out, bored.
0: And Asuka just goes, want a kiss. It's like, what? What? <laughs> that yeah. one got me. I'm just like, oh. Uh, and, and then, uh, of course, kind of more on that idea. I mean, the, I think the end of Evangelion is a really... Like, you know, before in the series, I, I think that on my first watch, okay, I didn't really get a lot from the relationship between Shinji and Asuka. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought of it as just something that was like you know oh it's like kind of slice of life. it's just like them trying to coexist and yeah, whatnot. yeah and it's like haha well, it was a nice break honestly it was because it, it how was. intense the show gets to some point it we was needed the respite we did we didn't know we did but we did, we needed it oh yeah and, so know, that's but this. in end of Ava as we're gonna talk about eventually um, it gets more clear it becomes a little more clear where they stand and yeah. kind of what their relationship is yeah which i think i'm glad that they addressed because i feel like we definitely need it we did it did um, I, th- I think because
1: i feel like in the original series it was there but it was a little um i guess to a degree a little hard to penetrate a little hard to realize like okay yeah. this is what's going on because you know there's so many flashbacks like so many weird sequences of flashing imagery and just the dialogue yeah so it's hard to
0: get the full impact of the relationships so in the original series but it, <laughs> the the full Third impact? Nice. Are you talking nice? nice. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Fucking Adam and Lilith. Who are they? All right. Okay, okay. Um, we'll t- <laughs> talk about that a bit too.
1: So Because um, here's the thing about yes, Ava. Okay. And, and here's the thing some people disliked about Ava a lot. That honestly for me, again, bias here. I've always been a half picture guy. Meaning I do not need every detail. I do not need to know how the peanut butter is made. I do not, I just never, that stuff, the nitty-gritty never interests me. The biggest example I can give is the midiachlorians in Star Wars. It's like, don't explain what the Force is. Let it be. In the prequels, they really try to hammer home, like, well, there's midiachlorians. That's how the Force works. I'm like, don't explain it. Uh-huh. That's that's unneeded. And, and in Ava, uh-huh. they do not explain
0: everything. But and, personally for me, mm-hmm. I got the gist of it. I was good. And the interesting part here. Mm-hmm. Is that I'm the exact opposite. Right. Yeah. I need to learn and be told everything about this, which is why, as I'll kind of talk about eventually, that I had to dig into so many supplementary materials Okay, to yeah. kind of fully yeah. understand the whole picture of what exactly is going on here. Right. I need to do a frame-by-frame analysis of all of those insane cuts in the last two episodes, I oh, yeah. exactly what the hell is going on and what the origins of these things are. Right. Because that's important to me. Mm. That's very important to me. The mm. narrative and the plot that this show built yeah. was extremely yeah. important to me. You're right. In a way that I put it on the same level as the characters. Really? Yes. For okay, wow. Okay, for cool, myself, cool, cool. For myself. because. Yeah. I think the idea of needing to know what they're all working for and know what exactly the ramifications of everything they're doing are, I needed to know. Gotcha. And I did not get that. Yeah, no. Did not get that by a mile. And before I get into that, we're an hour in. Already? um, Yeah. I think think we might need to take a bit of a break. (laughs) I think we need a bit of a break, everybody.
1: Um, So that's a great little note to leave it on. Um, we're going to come back next week. Yeah. Um, I think, I think we need to stretch and then let's get right back into it.
0: Yep. We're going to come back. Well, we're going to give your ears
1: a rest. We'll be back in a bit. Yep. See you next week, everybody. Bye. It's, it's bad. bad
0: comment on whatever video you want to leave a comment on. We'll read them all anyways. We don't care. I love you. Kiss kiss. In your ear. Podcast network.